0: everyone. Welcome back to the Love and Relationships podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Felata, and it's so great to be together again and chat about all things love, sex, dating, marriage, and singleness. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a licensed professional counselor and author specializing in relationship issues, and I'm here to take your relationship questions as well as to tackle some challenging topics in a really candid and practical way. I've written hundreds of relationship articles across the internet, and my relationship advice blog, truelovedates.com, reaches millions of people with the message of healthy relationships. And that's really what I'm passionate about. Today, we're going to be talking about the struggle that comes with being single. What do you do when you've got no prospects of love anywhere in sight? How can you hold on to hope? It can feel discouraging and daunting at times when you're trying to do all the right things and it seems like nothing is working. I've heard that struggle from so many of you and that's why I want to address that today. So what does it mean to wait on God during this stage of your life? Is it wrong to struggle so much with singleness? Do you just sit around and twiddle your thumbs during this stage of life? How can you keep from becoming bitter and jaded and what are some ways that you can live your life well even while you're waiting we're going to cover all this today and so much more but before we do let me introduce you to our first guest asking some of these very questions herself Today, we're excited to have Chris from Nashville, Tennessee, joining us on the show. Hey, Chris. Hey there. It's good to have you. Thank you so much. Excited to be a part. Yeah, and I'm really excited to dig into your question today because I think it's something that a lot of people are going to really resonate with. So why don't you go ahead and tell me what question you have for today? Yeah. So
1: I had a question about um, singleness. I know um, with my experience being a single Christian woman, um, I've had only a handful of opportunities where I've been in a relationship with um, other Christian men. Um, Otherwise, it's been a little bit harder to uh, make good connections enough to where um, I've entered into other relationships with other Christian men. And so, um, what's been a little bit difficult is staying encouraged during mm. the time when I'm not in a relationship and still waiting on the Lord to bring someone around who I could fit well with and um, hopefully get married down the road. So, what I've found has happened is, um, sometimes I'm really encouraged and I'm believing the Lord to bring someone. And then there are other times where I feel very down and have even become, um, or felt very bitter towards God because I feel like, oh my gosh, Lord, I'm living in a way that I feel like pleases you. I'm living in a way that Mm. I feel is pure before you. But I see other people who aren't following you, who it seems like they have everything that I want relationally and even are married
0: and have kids. Yeah, it's (laughs) hard, isn't it? It is, yes. It's hard not to be discouraged and get bitter. But one thing I did want to say just based off of what you just said is the idea that you look around and everybody who's not following what God wants to do seems to have it all together. And I think the key word is seems because Mm -hmm. sometimes from the outside looking in, it's easy to see people and their relationships as perfect, wonderful, amazing, and they're not even following God's plan. But You know, I kind of question that because I I feel like we live in a a society, first of all, where everybody is out to paint a picture-perfect world thanks to social media and, you know, (laughs) these amazing pictures people are posting, their life stories, their weddings, their experiences, and I guess I just want to you know, start there because I think sometimes people are painting pictures that may not be totally accurate. And then we compare our lives with those pictures. And it's like, well, wait a second. Like why? I'm following God and I'm I'm not receiving any of that. But I always think it it's important for us to have a proper perspective because we really don't know what's going on in those relationships. And I'll tell you, I would say, I know this to be true because I get so many messages, private messages, private emails from people who literally seem to have a perfect relationship, a perfect engagement, perfect dating, perfect whatever on social media or even out in public when you see them. And then they email me or they message me and they're struggling. And, mm-hmm. you know, they did, maybe they didn't do things God's way and now it's like, starting to really show and, and the foundation of the relationship is crumbling. So I think it's important first and foremost to make sure that you're not comparing to what you don't actually know to be true. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's hard to know what reality those people are living. Now, with that said, it's still common to feel what you're feeling. Um. actually, Chris, I took a survey recently of over 500 singles and 59% of them reported that they're not feeling content in singleness. They're not feeling content. So that leaves 41% who are feeling content and good for them, right? But that's, <laughs> that's not always the reality for everyone. And I look back at my stage of singleness, and I can't say I was ever content. I can't say I was ever like waking up in the morning thinking, I, I love being single, you know, and, and I think it's okay to struggle with singleness. I think it's okay to have that feeling of discouragement sometimes. Because life isn't playing out how you expected it. And I think, What this really points to is your ongoing desire for a relationship, right? That's what's fueling that discontent. That's what's fueling that discouragement. Would you say that's correct? It's that ongoing desire you have for a relationship.
1: Yeah, for connection, for companionship within a a marriage relationship. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and that's a beautiful thing. For your discontent to go away, that means that desire would have to go away. You know what I'm saying? Because that's, it's like, it's like when you, when you're hungry for food, when when you have that desire for food, that's what's driving you to be on the lookout. Like I need something to eat. But if that feeling, if your appetite was magically gone, it would also take a lot away from your life. Because when, when, when you do fulfill that appetite, there is this desire there. There's this fulfillment that comes with that. And so, it's the same with the relationships. You've got this desire for them. You've got this appetite for them. And and when you're feeling hungry, it's not so fun. But the fulfillment comes when you do engage in relationships and not just romantic relationships, but all relationships in general. Healthy mm-hmm. relationships can fill that desire in a lot of different ways. So I honestly don't worry about the discontent because I think what it comes down to is having perspective more than it is about singleness. You know, like throughout your life there's going to be so many different things that you desire and don't have. And and after you know, one day, Lord willing, you find your future spouse and you're in an amazing marriage, that doesn't mean that there's not going to be the next thing that comes along that you're waiting on God for. I know people mm-hmm. who are currently struggling with really difficult diagnoses and waiting on God for healing or waiting on God for answers or waiting on God for that child that they prayed for and they don't have yet. Like there's always something that we're waiting on God for, wouldn't you say? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And I think sometimes we can shame ourselves for having that longing, that desire, that like, God, why don't you just take this desire away if it's not fulfilled? But I think that desire is a a reminder of how he made us. He wired us this way. He made us for relationships, relationships with him and relationships with others. But mm-hmm. it's also a reminder that, you know, that desire you have is, is something that God wants you to continue to have because it's pointing you in the direction of his will for your life. You know, that verse that says God places, God gives you the desires of your heart. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've heard that verse interpreted in a way where God gives you those desires. He places them in your heart. Not, not that God will give you whatever your heart desires, but rather God gives you those desires. He puts them oh, in you. He gives yeah. you the desires of your heart, meaning he basically directs your life and his will for your life. When you're following him, he puts desires in you. That he wants to fulfill, you know, desires uh-huh. that He wants you to walk towards. Don't you love that interpretation? I do. <laughs> it's so good. It's like, Lord, you gave me these desires. When we're following God's will, when we're when we're truly longing to be connected to Him, and it sounds like you're there because even through our email interactions that we've had and, and just um, hearing your heart behind this question, I can tell that you are a woman who is really seeking God and what He wants for you. And and when you think of it that way, it's like you can trust that he puts those desires in you for a reason. And we trust him with those desires, you know? It's a really good thought. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I think our, our struggles can either draw us to him or push us away from him. And it sounds like you are doing your best to stay connected to him even when yeah. the desires are not getting fulfilled. Am I right? <laughs> Yes, yes. The other thing I'd love to ask is, how are you using your time of singleness? You know, like, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate that singleness isn't just a time of waiting. It's not just a holding zone where we just sit around twiddling our thumbs, you know, waiting on God to drop someone in our lap. It's a time of preparation. It's a time of living. It's a time of like moving forward and taking next steps in our life and getting ourselves to a better place. So I'd love to hear what you are doing in different areas, whether it be relationally or spiritually or just, um, you know, emotionally and psychologically getting yourself to the next place. How are you enjoying this time, using this time and preparing during this time?
1: Yeah, so I am um, pursuing social work and getting a degree in social work um, because I'd love to be able to travel to different countries where people are um, severely underserved who don't have opportunities like we have here in America and help to lift them up out of poverty. So um, I'm in the process of getting back into school this fall to continue to pursue social work. I'm also involved at church with small groups and serving um, in different ways at church. Um, And then also, I recently discovered uh, Meetup, which is like a little online (laughs) base where you can find different groups that are doing fun things around your city. So That's awesome. (laughs) Thank you. I recently went on there and I signed up for a whole slew of different groups just so that I can get out into the community and get to know, um, different people. And because I, I, um, feel it's very important for me to stay connected to, um, people, whether single or married friends that I have. And so I'm trying to expand my friend base and, and, um, get to know more people So um, I'm doing those things. And then also I'm very interested in doing some um, translating. And so I'm pursuing um, solidifying my Spanish so that I can be able to translate for people who need it in hospitals and
0: things like that. That is amazing. And, you know, I just hear everything that's going on in your life right now. And I think how it's so easy for us to look at all that God is not doing. Instead yeah. of all that he is doing, you know, yeah, there are so yeah. many amazing, wonderful, life-giving things happening in your life right now. And it's like those things are what should be getting your attention. You don't have to like being single. that's the thing. you do You do not have <laughs> to like being single. I think there's nothing wrong with saying, "You know what? I, I don't like being single." But you do have to learn to live your life, even with the things you don't like going on. You know, you do have to learn to connect with God, even when there's things in your life that you don't like, because those are the exact things that are going to continue to bring you to him and remind you that life is so much bigger than what's going on in this earth and what we see with our eyes. But there's so much going on behind the scenes and and so much beyond this world that we're living for as well. So you don't have to like being yeah. single, but you do have to learn how to not allow your singleness to to hold you back and for it to, to, to not be a stronghold. It can be a struggle, and I think it always will be because God gave you those desires, but it doesn't have to be a stronghold that paralyzes you and keeps you from living your life. And I think as long as that's where you're at, which it sounds like exactly that's where you're at, you are living your life, then you're at a really healthy place. And that's the best place to be like you're set up for when God brings you something, you're prepared to receive it in the place that you are and how you're living your life right now. Mm, that's encouraging. Thank you, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's really exciting to talk to singles who are who are really um, living their life and 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 just open to whatever God is doing. And so, again, don't get down about the fact that you may be struggling with this or feeling discouraged at times. You don't have to like being single, but you are definitely living your life well during this time. And, and I just want to affirm that and um, tell you that you're doing a great job. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. It was so good to chat with you, Chris. And, you know, keep me posted. I'd love to hear how things play out for you over the next few months and years. Sounds good. I will do. All right. You take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So today we talked with Chris from Tennessee about some of the struggles that come with being single and trying not to get discouraged during that time. And, you know, I I also encouraged her to see this time of singleness, not just as a time of waiting, where you're just twiddling your thumbs and just waiting for the next thing, but a time of preparation, a time to live life abundantly and to live life well. And You know, sometimes we struggle with what that means and how do you live life well while you're single? What does that look like? I actually surveyed some married friends recently and I asked them, what are some things you wish you would have done while you were single? What are some things you wish you would have invested in while you were single before you got married? And a few things came to the surface that I want to chat with you about today. I think the first thing that many married people said they wish they would have done uh, more deliberately while single is number one, finding their passion. Find your passion, you know, find your calling. What do you love to do? And what has God called you to do? Cultivate those talents and gifts and strengths that God has given you. Understand your personality and how that plays into the world and 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 start moving in that direction i've really found it to be true that singles who have a clear direction in their life singles who are moving toward something have some sort of direction in life tend to have direction in relationships too because when you know what you want and you know who you are you tend to know what you want in relationships as well you tend to know what kind of people fit into your life and what kind of people don't fit into your life so find your passion pursue your calling. You know, what are your giftings and, and and what are the things God has called you to do and where do those things intersect? I think that those are some really important questions to ask while we're single. And number 2, travel often. I definitely agree. With that one, you know, i'm I'm so thankful that John and I both had the opportunity to travel while we were single, uh, see different parts of the world and serve in different places. It just expands your horizons and your cultural view and and your view of life and the world and and all that is out there. I think it's a really important part of becoming a healthy person. And let's be honest when you have kids and after you get married, the opportunity to travel looks different. You can't just, you know, up and, and leave to go on vacation in Europe or or, um, hop on a cruise ship or go on a mission trip. I mean, life looks different with kids and you've got a lot more to take into consideration when it comes to travel. It becomes a lot more complicated and stressful. And um, just financially, it's a lot harder to do as a family. So so take this time to travel and see the world and, and do the things that you've been wanting to do. It doesn't even have to be in a different country, but, but just different parts of the world that God has placed you in, different parts of your country, different parts of your state, different parts of your city. Take the time to explore and learn and meet people along the way. Number three, invest in your now relationships. And what I mean by now relationships is sometimes we get so caught up on future relationships and who will be the person we end up marrying and what's that going to look like and could this be a potential person and 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 we just start seeing people through that lens but instead i think it's important for us to focus on our now relationships the people that god has placed in our life right here and right now if your heart is full of love and longing to give that love pour that love out on the people that god has placed in your life even if that means your family and your friends. You know, I look at my relationships with my family, my parents, my grandma. And, you know, while I was single, I actually lived with my parents for an entire year after graduate school. And I am so glad that I did. You know, some people look at that kind of like a negative thing. But to me, it was such a rich time to invest in my relationship with my parents while I had the time. You know, now with with three kids and and marriage and ministry and life and job, I'll tell you, it's so hard to carve out time for things that are important and for people that are important. So take advantage of that and invest in the relationships that God has given you right now. Pour out that love that you long to give because you were made for relationships. Number four plug into community going along with our now relationships is community you know and and how important it is to be in community authentic relationships real life relationships with people that you're doing life with now and here's something i've learned about community community doesn't come to you you have to be deliberate about cultivating community and being deliberate about initiating inviting, starting something, starting a small group, starting a ministry, starting a dinner gathering or a breakfast club or whatever it is, whatever stage that God has put you in right now, there is community. You just have to be looking for it. And so I think that's a really important part of life is learning how to build relationships no matter what your personality bent. You may be listening to this and you're like, well, I'm an introvert and and relationships are hard for me or I'm an extrovert and it it doesn't matter what your personality, we all have a need for community and it's a healthy need and a healthy desire, but it's something you've got to be deliberate about doing. So get yourself plugged in to your church. Sometimes they've got built-in communities already there for you. You've just got to get plugged in. So whether that be a small group or a Sunday school group or a house group, whatever it is. Ask around, get plugged in, and then take initiative in creating and strengthening those relationships. Number five, this is not a fun one, but I'll tell you it's important to prepare for the future while you're single. Prepare for the future because... There's so many things that you don't take into consideration, especially when it comes to finances. I think finances are one of the leading causes of stress in relationships and, 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 and one of the leading causes of divorce because of that stress. So if you can get your financial world in order now, create a budget, pay off your debt so that you're not bringing that baggage and that stress into a relationship, work on it while you can, while you're standing alone, while you're only responsible for one person. Number six, invest in ministry opportunities. Learn to pour out love and, you know, get involved and and, and see your role as important. You, You have something really important to contribute to this world. And being single does offer you extra time if you're looking for it. But it's just a matter of where you decide to pour out that time I think it's important for everybody to have a men, uh, a mentee in their life, someone that they are mentoring, someone they're discipling, someone they're pouring into. Because you don't have to have it all together to be pouring out and investing in someone. You just need to have a couple steps ahead of someone in order to pour into them. And and I really believe that no matter who you are and what stage of life you're in, you're a couple steps ahead. And there's someone who needs what you've gone through, someone who needs to hear your wisdom, your encouragement, your your relationship with God, your faith, your prayers. So find someone to pour into, um, one specific person, but then invest in ministry in general. And and make a difference in the world. Do something with purpose and meaning and value because you have a special role and a special calling. Number seven, take time to heal. That's a really hard one. I, I think healing is something that we can't just cover in a conversation like this. Healing is a lifelong process of discovering and learning and growing, but it is really important to come to terms with our past, our struggles our sins, our bad habits, the things that we are carrying into relationships. Because sometimes we wait and we don't recognize this stuff. And then all of a sudden we get married and we're faced with somebody else who triggers our junk. And we start realizing that we've got all these things that we've never worked on before. So this is a really important time long before you're in a relationship to start healing from the inside out. Uh, And and understanding how your past has influenced you and understanding what are your struggle points that you need to learn and grow, what what bad habits are you carrying, and and things that you can grow and become better in. And I'm going to do a shameless plug here for True Love Dates, because if you haven't read True Love Dates yet, I especially encourage you to read section one of True Love Dates, which is called Dating Inward. And it's all about getting to know yourself and to get to know your past and understand how your past, your family of origin, your past relationships have had an influence on you, have had an impact on you, have shaped you for good and for bad and learn from those things. That chapter really goes into detail about some of those things and and some suggestions of how to get healthy along the way and how to assess your level of health right now, because healthy people attract healthy relationships like we've talked about before on this podcast and and the importance of becoming healthy to the health of your future relationships is invaluable. So get healthy, pick up a copy of True Love Dates and read through it. Do the journaling questions at the end of each chapter and really take the time to dig deep into who you are and where you're going. And lastly, how do you live life well while single? Lastly, number eight, spend time with God. I mean, what a beautiful time in your life right now uh, to have the opportunity to spend time with God when you want, where you want, how you want, because with the demands of life and marriage and a family, that looks a little different. And, you know, I, I honestly, even for me, it looks different. And and how my quiet time has shifted to different time because it, it kind of revolves around my kids' schedules and babies waking up and nap time and all these things that, that really um, take up your time and things that you don't really think through while you're single This is an amazing time to invest in your relationship with God, to strengthen that relationship, to pour into that relationship and allow God to pour into you, to fill you up to overflowing. The best relationships are two people who are full, giving to each other out of their overflow. And the only thing that can fill us up to overflowing is our relationship with God. I think sometimes we go into these relationships and we're half full and we're hoping the other person is going to fill us up, but they don't. Because they can't. That's not what they were made for. They can add drops to our life, but they can't fill us up to overflowing. So what does it look like for you right now to become a person who is overflowing in your confidence, in your joy, in your love, in your peace? And, and when you are overflowing, what could that do to your future relationship, and to your current relationships, the people that you're interacting with right now. So spend time with God and take advantage of this time of singleness. In John 10, 10, Jesus says, I have come to give you life abundant. And I think a lot of times we think life abundant starts when we get married or life abundant starts when this next thing happens, or that happens, when that job comes through, when that raise happens, when I have that child I've been longing for. But Jesus is calling us to live life abundantly right here and right now. And with his strength and grace, I truly believe that we can. And singleness may always be a struggle, but it doesn't have to be a stronghold. It doesn't have to paralyze you and hold you back. I truly believe that you can live life well during this time of singleness. And I hope and pray this conversation challenges you to do just that. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast today. It was so fun to chat with you about love and relationships, and hopefully you leave feeling encouraged and inspired. If you're looking to go deeper with the content in this podcast, I invite you to check out either of my books, True Love Dates or Choosing Marriage, specifically today with talking about getting healthy spiritually, emotionally, and psychologically while you're single. I encourage you to pick up a copy of my book, True Love Dates, and start digging into the process of becoming healthy from the inside out. You can also find in-depth courses and tons of free articles over at my blog, truelovedates.com guys, I love, 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 love connecting with you. Find me on Facebook or Instagram at true love dates and give me a shout out. It's so great to hear your thoughts and your feedback. If you're enjoying this podcast and want to see it go strong, subscribe and leave us your five star rating and review. It makes all the difference for us in getting the word out. I'm Deborah Falada, and I have to say, as always, it's so much fun being together, and I can't wait to chat with you again next week. Take care.